0: Welcome in to the Celtics Lab podcast. Here as always with Dr. Quinn and Alex Goldberg. I'm Cameron tepte After a historic collapse against the New Orleans Pelicans, to say the least, the Celtics continue to struggle to break through from their cycle of mediocrity. With Boston stuck on a treadmill, the question is this, who is to blame? We brought on special guest Evan Valenti to sort through the noise. Evan, just off air, said that the discourse is nauseating. So perhaps he can keep us calm here. Evan, how are you?
1: Well. You know, I'm not nauseating right now, so I'm good. No, you know, everything's good. Uh, you know, I'm healthy. I have a roof over my head. Uh, my family and friends are all healthy, so everything in that particular regard is fine. It's just like, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys – I mean, we all check the Twitter sphere, and we're all online all day. Um, I, I can't stand the takes. I really can't. And it's just like – because you have to have a hot take, right? You can't just come out with, like, this medium, lukewarm, like, you know, like, level-headed stuff. You, you have to – You have to be bold. You have to be brazen. You have to come up with some ridiculous excuse as to why the subjects are underperforming at 15 and 15. And like, as we all try and piece takes together, the actual take is like, there's a a little bit of blame that can go around the entire pie and you can, you can really just been like, okay, yeah. So this is a, a a roster management issue. This is a somewhat coaching issue. This is a uh, guys aren't healthy issue. This is a, this defense is a terrible issue. Like, there's a whole lot to go around here. If there was one simple answer, uh, it probably would have been fixed by now. But it's never (laughs) that simple, right, guys? It's never really that simple. It's usually more complicated than that. So, like, just the amount of BS that I see all over the place is just absolutely killing me at this point. And, And the problem is, us consumers of media just eat it all up all day and just get our own takes off in the meantime. So, it's just, a compounding problem and it kills me
0: yeah last week uh, i think it was last week we had the riffs man on oh uh, he he you offered guys, some... I
1: mean, i'm following up the riffs man <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i was gonna say the riffs uh, man offered some some great wisdom in terms of keeping it real and kind of maintaining i'm uh, sorry to
1: let down your audience after an electric guest <laughs> such as the our man.
0: audience of 11 people or whatever <laughs> <laughs> we are the audience uh well so yeah he tried to keep things calm and I think Alex and I really sipped that Kool-Aid. I'm glad to have you back because it has been a pretty troubling week. Um, Some nice wins, uh, albeit against teams like the Hawks. Some pretty ugly losses. Some news that Marcus Smart is going to be back for a while. So, Evan, I think you're right. Uh, you got to have a take these days. And uh, not just Celtics discourse, but maybe basketball discourse has been lost and misguided. Um, But that doesn't make for an exciting podcast. So let's let's hand-ring a little. Uh Justin, Alex, how are you both doing? Coughing less? Good, good. Yeah. I'm doing okay.
2: Uh my cat spent the better part of 4 hours last night harassing me for food, so I'm I'm running a little low, but I have a nice glass of wine here. Had a pretty decent day at work and
1: uh what are we yeah. drinking though? What what kind of wine are we drinking tonight?
2: We, we just got a little simple Pinot Grigio here. Oh, pinot
1: Grigio? So, All right. Yeah. Middle-aged housewife, nice. Exactly. Well, uh,
2: I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, honestly, most of my life is going quite well, with the exception of the existential misery that the Celtics bring to me every night.
0: Right. Yeah, OK, that seems fair. It's a good problem to have, isn't it? So again, uh, Evan, Evan is the host of the CLNS podcast, uh, including Celtics Beat. And Evan, we brought you on to, I guess, maintain some positive vibes, but also <laughs> try to pathologize the celtics a little bit so i have written in my notes who's to blame but let's let's peel back a little bit because maybe it's heavy-handed but if you had to uh prescribe maybe an issue what would you say is maybe taxing the celtics the most
1: i think it's twofold right now i think the celtics have two big issues and it one could be resolved with with the resolution of another um so the biggest the biggest problem I think they have is a, is a Kemba Walker problem um, because Kemba Walker being good solves the other problem that I have. But Kemba, I mean, look, man, uh, it's some of it's hard to watch. I mean, really hard to watch. And you know, as as some people have already like talked about in terms of what we're used to from Kemba Walker, you know, he goes one for twelve from three point range the other day against New Orleans. And, you know, if you go one for 12 and you're back rimming some stuff, like, okay, cool. But when you're when you're clanking them off the backboard and it looks ugly, it's just like, what's going on here? So, you know, Kemba going from a 20-point-per-game score prior to the injury to, you know, whatever the hell he is right now, that's a serious problem. And what you're seeing is the taxing. I mean, it's it's just the amount of pressure you put on Jalen and Jason to be just amazing every single night. And I'm, and, and, look, they're – they're, this season's been so much fun because of those two guys and the leaps that those two guys have made uh, collectively. But the Kemba stuff, they, it's just really bad when they, when he's not going right. And, and when it's going really well, like I'll go a couple of nights ago against Toronto in the TD Garden, you know, you, they're, and they're blowing out Toronto. They're playing a five-out style where everybody's hitting open jump shots. The floor is so wide open, and life is so much better. Right. You can see what this offense and what this team looks like with a healthy Kemba Walker in the fold. But if he's not going to be healthy, they have a roster issue. And their roster issue is that they have too many either one dimensional guys or guys that have very limited skill sets that can't really help the Jays the way they really need it right now. Like, I love the way Shemi Ojale is playing in terms of a catch-and-shoot guy, spreads the floor, hits corner threes, defends, you know, pretty well. A versatile defender can switch. Um, but if you're asking to put on the deck and create offense for himself or others, you're going to have a problem. Ditto for Aaron Neesmith. Uh, ditto for Grant Williams. Uh, Rob Williams has been playing out of his mind lately, and I am I am way in front of the Time Lord should play more bandwagon. I'm up there. Um, but, like, you can't continue to h- rely on Tice and Thompson and – and, and, and Rob for a lot of the, your offense. I mean, it's just not going to work out that way. So they, they have a roster crunch problem that could be easily solved with Kemba Walker being good. Um, but if it's not going to come from Kemba, it's gotta be somebody that gets traded into this team. And and with the way everybody's been playing and the way that the season has gone, nobody knows who that guy is. So it's a, it's just, a, you feel like you're kind of stuck in the mud. And I, and I don't know any other explanation, like any other way to phrase it other than stuck in the mud.
0: Yeah, I Evan, I find myself inclined to agree. Uh, recently, Danny Ainge went on Toucher and Rich, and it seemed like he was protecting Brad Stevens from any criticism. And I know <laughs> that Dr. Quinn and Alex have something to say about that. Uh, Dr. Quinn, where do you come down on what kind of blame you're seeing um, and whether it is – is or should be attributed to Brad Stevens?
3: Um, I think, you know, Brad got dealt a shit sandwich uh, by Danny. So I think Danny is right to be doing what he's doing. Um, you know, there was a moment where Tristan Thompson looked like he might be a really useful piece in last year's playoffs. Um, I think it was last year where Paul Pierce was saying that he should, you know, get a buyout and, and come over uh, to the Celtics. And, you know, that, that kind of... Might have made sense at that moment, but I mean, that was also with Gordon Hayward on the team who was providing kind of like the distribution that we aren't really seeing from Kemba. You know, I I still think that there is a solid chance that Kemba can round into a useful player for this team, maybe not worth what he's earning, but I do think he can at least be useful, and I think that there is also this this whole, you know, Time Lord situation, Tristan Thompson situation, like all these bigs, like forcing Grant Williams to play more of the four than a small ball five where he was actually really good. And like, there's all these interrelated problems of just a, like a really not well put together roster. And I realized that some of this has been kind of like, we are still kind of in our off season. We were warned this season might go like this. And it is. It doesn't make it any better to watch, and it's very, very evident that is, is even though we were warned, it needs to be changed, or we need to wave the white flag and just be like, just, you know, give us something we can flip next, next offseason. All
2: right. Well, I guess I'm going <laughs> to have to be the bad guy then. So... I think that all of you have made some very salient points. I think it's true that the roster is certainly far from perfect. And I think that the Celtics Kemba Walker problem is quite severe. I have been saying this for a little bit now. Uh, I think they need to address that area and it needs to be the top priority in their off season, frankly, uh, if he continues to play like this. But I can't let Brad Stevens off the hook. I just Nor can't. <laughs> um, I think that Brad Stevens has done a really nice job building the Celtics over the past seven years as a head coach. I think that uh, his players like him, and I think that he does some pretty undeniably positive stuff. He's had a winning record basically every season he's been a head coach. Uh, He's consistently lauded as one of the five or ten best coaches in the NBA. All of this is true. But Brad Stevens has been making some really fucking bad rotation choices lately. (laughs) Alarmingly so. Uh, In the Pelicans game, for example, uh, inexplicably taking out a red hot Robert Williams to start the fourth quarter when we needed that extra energy to get over the hump. Replacing him with Tristan Thompson who had been sluggish all game. Uh, designing an offensive, well, rather not designing an offensive set really at all and just having Jason Tatum or Kemba Walker walk the ball up the floor and burn eight mm-hmm. seconds off the clock and then go into an isolation jumper. Not immediately pulling Daniel Tice when he started taking some of the worst shots I've seen all season. Mm-hmm. And Brad's stubborn refusal to ever call a time out in the middle of these runs. Oh, my God. It's driving me insane. Brad Stevens is the master of waiting until all of the momentum has been completely lost to call a timeout. And, you know, I keep coming back to the following. Brad Stevens has built a really strong team. I'm not gonna deny that. But in the NBA, the head coaching position typically does not have a very long lifespan unless you have a proven record of championship level success. The best coaches in the NBA are, for my money, Eric Spolstro, Greg Popovich, Rick Carlisle, Steve Kerr. These guys have done it, they've walked the walk, and admittedly, they've had some great players to help them do it, but they are consistently innovating their offenses and making adaptations to fit their roster in the nba if you if you don't get busy living you better get busy dying put it that way brad stevens has been the head coach for seven years he's been a good head coach for seven years but i at this time am not sure that brad stevens is the guy who can take the celtics all the way and maybe it's a roster issue. Maybe once we sort that out, and maybe once we figure out what's going on with Kemba Walker and how we're going to address that, this will all fall into place, and the Jays and Brad Stevens will carry us to a title. But right now, I'm not feeling super confident, confident in
0: the head coach. Yeah, it doesn't sound like
1: it. <laughs> my my push—not my, push, my pushback—but I think the one thing that we also have to remember here with Brad. Um, that deserves some criticism. And again, uh, you know, injuries are going to be a part, a part of this. you rosters going to be a part of this, but the Celtics are normally a very good defensive team, especially under Brad Stevens Mm -hmm. and they're a disaster defensively. I mean, they really are. And that's, that's something that really like the offensive stuff. I I don't, I don't get too caught up in, in, you know, running offensive sets and because like it's a make or miss league all the time. And, you know, if the ball ends up in Jason Tatum's hands, like I'm okay. Or if it ends up with Jalen Brown going ISO on a, on a defender that I can't keep up with him, I'm fine. Um, but the defensive stuff is what really bothers me. And again, it, it, it might be a, like, look, shortened off season, no training camp, all this stuff. And I, and I totally understand that element of it. And again, the, the problem that, 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 that we have here is do we overreact to one season, uh, the weirdest season of all time, Right. With no training camp, shortened season, all this stuff with COVID and, and everything that's happened. No fa- I mean, it's really just the most. This will be a one of one, hopefully, uh, season. I mean, maybe next year when we get to next year, there are more fans in the building and and there's a full offseason. I mean, we'll hopefully be better. Um, but, you know, how much stock do you put into the weirdest season ever? Right. And the defensive stuff where, Boston has routinely, defensively, always played above their roster, right? I mean, you would look up and down the road and you'd be like, why the hell is this team top five in, in, in defensive or top ten in defensive rate? Like, I don't understand this. This doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. And they've done it every single year consistently, even though they've had shorter point guards, right? The short point guard thing, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, has never really been an issue. But now the defense is just – I mean, it just is horrendous. They get burnt consistently, whether it's on the perimeter, in the paint. It is obnoxious. It's annoying, and it's not like they don't have the players defensively to do, like, you know, again, when they get Marcus Smart back, that'll change some things. I'm really curious to see what that does this whole roster, but, you know, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are both good plus defenders, but we all know Peyton Pritchard can defend. I mean, we've watched it, and we've had a good enough sample size to say, yeah, that guy's a good defender. Rob Williams, for all the Stuff that he that does that drives me crazy. Like he does alter a lot of shots just by his presence. The block of Brand Ingram the other night, as Doris Burke highlighted in the broadcast, is an absolutely absurd block. Ridiculous. The amount of ground you have to cover to to go from. I have to protect the drive here for Brand Ingram to he's pulling up from three and he blocked it. Insane. I mean, jabs, absolutely insane. Grant Williams and, and Shemi Ojale, similar body types, can switch defense, but this team is a dog shit defensive team. And I don't understand why I, it feels like communication issues a lot. It feels like, um, you know, this team doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't have the right chemistry to, to, to know what this guy's going to, like again, Jalen and Jason are, are good, solid individual defenders. And Jason Tatum is an amazing off ball defender. He does some stuff where he reads passing lanes, like uh, similar to Marcus Smart, where he just comes out of nowhere, gets a fingertip on it, you know, you know, tips there to the backcourt and he gets a breakaway dunk or a layup or something. Yeah. I, that's the stuff. If you want to go at Brad, you know, the, the rotation stuff, he's always been that way. I do think that is a sample, like it's a fact-finding mission. The regular scene is, is like, okay, does this lineup work? And you can't yeah. do it for a short, you have to have a whole season of data to say that works or that doesn't work. And he does he does rely on that. But the one thing that I will give this team and Brad specifically a lot of flack for is this, the the absolute incompetent def- defensive stuff that we see nine and nine out. And it, cause it's so unlike we have a seven years, we have a six year sample size of Brad Stevens having great defensive teams. This is an outlier. Why is that? And we don't have an answer to that.
0: Right. I mean, especially a season that no one is playing good defense right. being particularly bad at defenses. So just it wouldn't take much really to stand out, league.
1: right? It wouldn't take much to stand out amongst this i mean look brooklyn no. scoring 135 points a game or whatever the hell they're scoring they don't care about defense they have no they just don't there are teams that actively do not care about defense
2: uh sorry to interrupt i just have a quick news update my phone is telling me that jason tatum and jalen brown have been named all-star reserves Deservedly
1: so, so.
0: well deserved yep. yeah and not I mean- surprising
1: there's this, there's this stuff. I mean, I people get really upset about all-star stuff and, and I just think you need to probably, you know, rethink your life a little bit. Um, the one thing it is like, there is a financial, um, you know, bonus uh, mm-hmm. to the guys that make yeah, all-star you know, teams. Straight, chilling, yeah. But like, you know, who, who, who cares? I mean, really seriously. I mean, some people get upset. Oh my God, I didn't make the all-star team. And I'm like, dude, I really, who cares? I mean, it's, it's yeah. an exhibition game. It doesn't count for anything. Uh, the, the fans vote for who starts. Like, uh, nobody cares. I mean, nobody cares. So, like, every, the, the, these two guys have had an all star season. They're having all NBA type seasons. That's the one you should care about is the all NBA stuff at the end. All star, who cares?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, fans, I. Sorry, a couple of Nets fans that I know are not going to be thrilled with this result. Who did I
1: left off, Kyrie or Harden? Uh,
2: Kyrie Irving is not an NBA all star. Can you read a little bit? Wow. Sure. Um, News update from Shams. Wait, Kyrie uh, Irving is a starter. It's a Alex. Starter, yeah. Oh no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, my yeah. bad. Um, all right, so then actually the Nets are fine. Uh, so <laughs> West starter or West reserves uh, with obviously LeBron James, Luka Doncic, um, Nikola Jokic. Uh, oh God, I'm blanking on the other two. Um, Steph, Steph, Steph Curry and Kawhi. Uh, and Kawhi Leonard as the starters. Your reserves are Chris Paul, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Zion
1: Williamson, and Anthony Davis. I oh, know. so who do, does Conley get in when Davis is Conley's
2: out? Really yeah, yeah, that's probably
0: so. right. Conley's been that balling Conley out. Gets. I love I love that idea, Evan.
2: Conley oh. gets the injury, sub. you could see it.
0: What what about and, uh, who's in the
2: East? For the East, uh, just to recap, your starters are Giannis, uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, um, Brad Beal, Beal and, uh, and Joel Embiid, and, and your reserves are James Harden, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic, Zach nice. Levine, <laughs> and Julius Randle.
0: Julius Randle, that's so fun.
2: Zach Levine and Julius Randle for those. Last oh
1: man, last. there's going to be so many pissed off raptor fans. This is going to be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, anyway. Julius Randle, that's hilarious. That's your All
2: Star
1: oh. update. Well, thank yeah. you.
0: There you go. Breaking news.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, we usually don't break news on the Celtics Lab podcast, but we do uh, try to get granular. I was doing some uh, data mining before we went on and I'm just going to share some data that I think is pertinent and it might give us some more uh, context into Brad Stevens, into Kemba Walker, uh, into bad luck or something in between. So I looked into how the Celtics perform in the fourth quarter. Um, My take has always been for this season well last season in the eastern conference finals a few fourth quarters doomed them they would have gone to the finals otherwise and this season things are looking really 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 bad uh this boston celtics team is last in fourth quarter plus minus in the entire nba right now at a minus 2.1 they team are second <laughs> it's gonna get worse they are second to last in fourth quarter field goal percentage 26 and three point percentage in that quarter they are second to last in assist rate in the fourth quarter, second to last in turnovers in the fourth quarter. There's the 26th fourth quarter defensive team and the 27th in opponent free throw attempts. Just some more uh, fat to chew on before I open it up to you. Tatum is sixth and fourth quarter scoring in the entire league. He's posting nearly a 50-40-90. Fantastic. Jalen is 32nd and struggling from three and from the free throw line. Um, he's not really going to the free throw line in the fourth quarter. Um, but he is an all-star. I mean, he's doing it. in the other quarters, Kemba Walker in the fourth quarter of this season, 27.5% from field goal, 26.9% from three. He is tied with Jeff Teague with the oh, lowest no. plus minus on the team in the fourth quarter at two point negative 2.6. I'd love to hear your thinking on, um, anything that I just read, but first, uh, who on the Celtics is the only player with a positive fourth quarter plus minus?
3: Mm. It
0: makes sense. Taco <laughs> Fall, because he only plays when the Celtics are winning. That's fair. So Evan, uh, as our guest de jour, any of that surprise you, make sense, illuminate anything? What are your thoughts based on that? Um, doesn't
1: doesn't shock me that Jalen struggles um, in the fourth He But the thing with Jalen is he usually starts games and starts halves. Like he's always very focused and brings that energy. It's hard to keep that up for an entire quarter. Um, his life gets a lot easier, like we've all said, when Kemba does better because um, a lot of attention at the end of games is going to go towards you know Jalen and Jason. Um, Jason is just a much better shot maker right now. Um, a much more consistent shot maker right now than, than Jalen is. Although Jalen's, I got numbers, it, you know, the start of the year, they've been dropping off a little bit. I think mean, that was, you know, something we all kind of saw coming anyway. Um, You know, he's he's been fine, um, but he's not – Jalen is not a slow down, slow the game down type of one-on-one score like Jason is, right? Jalen's more of a guy that can attack, you know, off the dribble. I mean, look, he's been better as a one-on-one scorer. Like, I'm not even trying to deny it but his game is more predicated on, you know, catching the ball like on the move and attacking on the move. I mean, he can break guys down one on one. That's not really his game. That is more Jason Tatum's game. Um, and at the end of games, when things slow down a little bit and they hunt mismatches, oftentimes the ball is going to find Tatum or it's going to find anybody else. And then he just has the length and the moves and the scale to score over guys. The one thing that does that is alarming is the lack of free throws that they get at the end of games, which is really bad. Um, a good way to you know uh, conserve energy is to go to the free throw line. So that's that's something that you'd like to see changed um, as they move forward here. Um, and the Kemba stuff is just again really really sad. And it makes and I have thought this today um, throughout the day today is you know do we get to a point where Kemba's not on the floor in the fourth quarter and that's Marcus Smart instead, and they play Marcus, Jalen, Jason, Robin you know, whoever the hell you want to put out there as the fourth person, the fifth guy, I don't know who it's going to be, um, but it's something you have to consider. Like bring, you know, do you bring Kemba off the bench? I mean, these, these, are, these are definitely some subjects you have to consider, especially with how poorly they played in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that the numbers outside of Jason Tatum are really bad. And and it, and it can't just be Jason Tatum at the end of games.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alex, do you have your hand up just to anchor that point, Evan? Kemba Walker is shooting a hundred percent at the free throw line in the fourth quarter on 0.8 attempts and the period so that, that that's just hurt. hot garbage. Yeah. Alex, you had your hand up.
2: Well, I was just going to kind of jump back a little bit to the Eastern conference finals from last year when the same problem was true for the Celtics. Kemba Walker was getting crushed on the court in the fourth quarter in particular. Um, he got, routinely beaten up by Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero. On defense, he couldn't stop anybody, and on offense, he couldn't make a shot. So I think that unless we get the Kemba Walker of the beginning of last season before the All-Star break back on this roster soon, I think that that's something the Celtics will have to consider, frankly. Uh, He just hasn't been cardiac Kemba in a little bit. And it's sad to say because I really like Kemba Walker and I want him to succeed, but he's, he's not that guy right now.
0: No, it doesn't seem like it. Dr. Quinn, any thoughts on Kemba or the fourth quarter? Sorry, new button got
3: stuck there. Um, I have a, Again, I do want to emphasize that I do think that there is a chance that we can get a useful Kemba. I don't think we should expect even the Kemba that we saw at the beginning of last season. I think he needs to, I think he's he's shifting into a different part of his career and he needs to learn how to play different. Um I, we've seen some flashes of that. And I think that if he doesn't, you know, keep trying to shoot his way back into games, a la Marcus smart. Um I think that we can see something good come of that, but as far as the free throws, that's just got to change, particularly with Jason Tatum and to a lesser extent, Jalen Brown. Tatum is unstoppable when he goes to the cup. I mean, he can get that past anyone pretty much. It's almost unguardable. And I don't know if it's COVID or if it's just, you know, not, not wanting the contact this early in the season, if he's tired or, or just what, what it is. But I mean, it's been a thing for a while this season and, I don't want to harp on it too much, but it's definitely something that does need to change, if not from him, from everyone in general.
0: Yeah, I I keep catching myself. A a student actually today asked me about the Pelicans game, and I I admittedly didn't watch uh, that actual game, but uh, there's so many extenuating circumstances. Evan, I think you're exactly right that this season is... This season is the one with the asterisks. I don't know where the asterisks conversation went, but... I mean, Jason Tatum can't get up and down the floor without losing his breath. That feels like something that we should make note of. Um, we've only played 40% of the season so far. I, I, I hate to break it to you. I mean, I said last week, I think, at the All-Star break, the, the cursed, horrible All-Star break, they're going to be 500 still. But they're going to fit in so many games in the back end of the season that no one's going to look good. They are, Marcus Smart's right. There's going to be injuries. Um, I think there's a world where Kemba finds himself a little bit, gets into a groove, isn't as problematic a player as he is right now. But at the same time, what else is going to go wrong? So whether it's the Celtics or anyone else's favorite team, I just, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. And in fact, I think it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, on that happy bombshell, uh, before we, we uh, move on, we're going to play a little bit of uh, a game. Um, there have been some conversations floating around Danny Ainge and how much proverbial blood he has on his hands. Uh, I tend to think that a team that went to the Eastern conference finals three times in four years that the front office is doing okay. Um, but I wanted to hand it to you. Wonderful gentlemen. Is the noise around Danny Ainge warranted? It's just part of the process. It's the dog days, of the regular season we got nothing to talk about or, or is there actual smoke to this fire? Evan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, well, you know, Danny just gotten a lot of flack over the years for not trading for ex superstar. I mean, his name's kind of always in the media. Um, you know, trading Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, we all know that was not great in terms of like the look, but was it the right move? Yeah, was um, trading for Kyrie Irving. And I had somebody like somebody went uh, on a little uh, rant on Twitter this week about how. You know, if they had just did not trade for Kyrie and kept that eighth pick, they could have had Colin Sexton or whatever. And I'm like, dude, oh, you would have traded for Kyrie a million times out of a million. What are we arguing here? Like, okay, yeah, hindsight's 2020, 20, but you don't have the value of hindsight in the in the moment. So, yeah. Um, I'm always of the element that uh I would never have traded Jalen or Jason for a season rental of anybody. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Anthony Davis. I don't care. And especially when the all indications were they were gonna resign. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm I've been very firm on that. You don't draft the top three two years in a row to trade it for a one year maybe of winning a finals. Um, you try and build what Oklahoma city did um, with Durant and Westbrook and Harden and you try and win that way. And you try and compete for a long time. Um, I, like the that. Stuff,
0: I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. The stuff that, that you can get Danny for is, you know, the, the Hayward thing that, that just stinks. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if, if miles Turner coming to Boston fixes anything, I'm just going to be frankly honest about yeah. that. Um but, you know, people want to kill him for that. People want to kill him for, you know, the in-between stuff. I mean, they drafted Neesmith instead of Sadiq Bay or whatever. Like, the, Danny has taken a lot of lumps over the years, no question, and not, you know, holding his picks and, 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 and holding firm on things. Like, okay, I, I see that argument um, in terms of, like, why you wouldn't do that. But, again, you're trying to create a long-term lifespan here and – um, you know, competing in the Eastern Conference Finals for the past four years is, is is a pretty good accomplishment that not a lot of teams can hang their hat on. Boston yeah. um, is just, you know, is in a weird, is in a weird spot because they competed in and won earlier than they expected to. And because they did that, your 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 timeline changes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. That changes everything because it's like, oh, shit. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
1: Then they do it again, and then, and then they do it again. So it's, it, it changes everything. You have to keep in mind at the end of the day with Danny, you have to keep Jalen and Jason happy. Mm-hmm. That is the goal because those guys are 24 and 22. And this is, not, this is not like the Brooklyn Nets where they have three guys in their 30s who are trying to win a title right now because their, their window might be closed right this is not that it's not LeBron and Anthony Davis where LeBron is trying to milk whatever he possibly can out of LA before he moves on to the next thing to try and, and win another title for himself right this is not that it's a different scenario you have to act with urgency now though because the way this roster can be shaped from here on out gets a little trickier um, with the extensions that are kicking in um, and with guys that are coming up like okay you know Marcus did you need a new contract in short time Uh, Time more needs one in short time. Um, You have guys coming off the books that you have to make decisions on. Um, You've locked up Jalen and Jason. That's great. That's a good start. Um, But the way to make huge improvements on this roster uh, that's dwindling. So you can't swing the home run trade anymore. Like that's just not going to work. The asset trove is done unless you're trading Jalen Brown, which you're new. So, you know, as much as we want to kill Danny, and 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 for for you know, how could they? You know, they did what they they thought was a good move, and you know, if they, people were healthy, maybe it would look good. But in the in you know, getting Kemba last year, um, you know, out of nowhere, at the time, looked great, right? Mm-hmm. Things have injuries have derailed this team and, and made things difficult, um, and the expectations of this team changing from you know, hey, they're the fun scrappy bunch to holy shit, they've been to three to the last four Eastern Conference Finals and we need to see something. You know, Danny has to – this is why this season is very important for Danny Um, because you have that TPE and the ability to go out and get something. Again, the problem for Danny is everybody's contending and with the fact that there are two more conference um, spots in the playoffs makes life harder. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, Danny will have to find a way to improve this roster at some point. He deserves, the. Uh, I, again, I, I think he deserves a lot of the blame that's been thrown around, um, but he has a chance to fix it. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, uh, Alex and Justin, I know you have a lot to say. Just quickly, that block by Bam on Jason Tatum in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, if that doesn't happen, what conversation are we having, right? I, I think about that block. Bam bio has penthouse rent in my head because I think about that all the time. Yeah.
1: If you ever want to get on BAM's good side, watch a game with BAM's playing and put the closed captioning on the spellings <laughs> of his name are hilarious and you'll feel better about
0: it. <laughs> or I got to go buy that dunk on top spot and go make a million dollars. Or whatever that. That's a whole nother podcast. I have yes, it is. literally no idea what's going on there. You uh, want to talk about volatility in the market. There you go. There's more of that. <laughs> it's just like Elon Musk's NBA wet dream. Uh, Alex, I know that you have some thoughts about uh, how Danny Ainge is doing as general manager. Can you illuminate us?
2: Sure, yeah. So I think, Evan, that a lot of what you said makes sense to me. Um, Ultimately, there's a lot of uh, kind of rumors around what Danny Ainge could or could not have done that I think are probably less accurate than uh, perhaps some of the media hyperbole would make it out to be. I do think, though, that there is something to the point that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are ready to be on a title contending team right now. And the thing is that I keep coming back to is, you know, there are so many teams for where it's like, oh, the future looks so bright. They have this young talent. They can do all this stuff. The window is five, six, seven years long. One injury happens, or somebody gets upset, or uh, a super team starts forming in the wings, and before you know it, that team is gone. Jason Tatum signed a max deal this offseason. In theory, he will be here for a long time. Jalen Brown has another three years on his contract after this year. That being said, the NBA expands and adds a St. Louis team. I don't think there's a guarantee that Jason Tatum will stay in Boston. Uh, I think there's a chance, there's always a chance that Jalen Brown will want to go to a place where he can be the unquestioned number one guy. I don't think he will, but it's possible. And so I think that Ainge really does have to get extremely aggressive uh, within the next couple of years uh, while he has these guys under guaranteed locked in contracts. I don't know how that's going to look. I think the market is really tricky to gauge right now, but uh, I think Danny really needs to start thinking about pushing his chips to the table as much as he possibly can while he still has Brown and Tatum locked in. And I will say, you know, there are some moves this offseason that I think maybe at the time you can talk yourself into, but like Tristan Thompson is not playing that much better than Ennis Cantor right now. And Tristan Thompson costs about $15 million more than Ennis Cantor. And You burn the 30th pick to get off Cantor's salary. That pick turned into Desmond Bain, who is now starting for the Memphis Grizzlies.
1: But you had to do that. You have to do that to get the MLE, which they used on Tristan Thompson.
2: Right. But what I'm saying is that Tristan Thompson is not necessarily playing better enough than Ennis Cantor that it warrants burning that pick.
1: Yeah, you say you say, you say that now, but that in the at the time when he did it, it felt like a, a no brainer idea. Get yeah. off because I mean, does anybody really want Ennis Cantor back on the roster? Not
0: particularly. I kind of like Ennis Cantor. <laughs> 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 I like what he brought to the second unit.
3: <laughs> Cantor's a great interview
1: and a great locker room guy. No Obviously. question. But, you know, but that's that's the trade off you have to talk about, right? You get off of because they had to get under that tax line, right? to open up the MLE so you can give it to Thompson. And unfortunately that comes with the cost of Desmond Bain, which sucks because Desmond Bain rocks. Um, Mm. But you have to make that move to, to, to free up that money. If they'd spend it somewhere else, maybe you look smarter here. I mean, again, the Celtics in their, in their tax crunch, um, they, they decided to, instead of go into it this year, Kick that can down the road a little bit further, right? Um, until they get the team they really want, and will go into the tax to do. Like you know, you talk Wicks always talked about it. Yeah, the team. You know, we don't have any problem paying the tax as long as the team's right. And look at Joe mm-hmm. Lacob and the Warriors, right? Joe Lacob and the Warriors—they're like, "Well, oh, we have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. We don't give a shit. We'll pay. We'll pay whatever we want, whatever they want. Like we don't care. We, we want this team together. You—they don't have that team yet." Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they made a conscious decision. Like, if we don't have that team yet, we can't quite commit that hard. And they made a decision and it, and it hasn't paid out yet. And, but I, the decision itself to free up that money, um, I, I didn't have any problem with the time. Not at all.
2: I, I think that's totally fair. And, uh, you know, hindsight is obviously twenty twenty. 20 I definitely didn't have as much of a problem with it at, at the time as I do now. That's a real thing. But at the same time, there's a cost to these moves and that cost adds up over time. And Danny Ainge has less time than I think he might think. I agree.
3: I would would just like to say that my my biggest criticism ties in with this pretty well, because it's weird that he really made a name for himself with the Brooklyn trade, where he broke up the last title core early, earlier than most people might've. And mm-hmm. he's, he's always been kind of like making this identity of being like this, like not afraid to move aggressively type of person. And throughout this thing, he's kind of been like riding two horses at the same time, trying to ride two timelines with the, right. the, 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 the pieces that he had before. And he could have moved Kyrie. Obviously, there's good reasons not to. He could have moved Al Horford. There was at least some argument that he was going to stay. That was kind of a surprise. But was there, by the time we got to Gordon Hayward, really? Are we really that surprised? Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone was talking about it in the media, myself included, that it was not a good idea to, to test the market with him. Now we get into the situation we're in now. And I think he has this one last Hail Mary. And I think he really does need to nail it because if he doesn't, then we are going to be in a situation where how do we improve this team to make those guys happy, to make the Jays happy? You know, we won't, we won't have too many options. I mean,
1: I it's think I'm kind of trading somebody you don't want to trade.
3: Yeah. yeah and
1: exactly. to give up, you know, a Marcus smart where nobody wants to trade Marcus smart because we all understand the value he brings to the team. Um, you know, the hail, the TPE hail Mary is, is interesting. and, and Somebody has to, I mean, I, I heard the explanation of trading for Al Horford kicks the TPE can down the road. Yeah. Um, and that wouldn't shock me if they did that because it just seems like a Danny move to like try and as I, I think the doc easily, I mean, well put, you know, they're trying to shred out two timelines at the same time. Um, but yeah, Danny's, Danny's got to find a way to, to, to really, because then because everybody's like, Oh, you could trade for this guy. Like, Trading for John Collins, right? Everybody wants to trade for John Collins, uh, and that, and that's fine. John Collins is a hell of a player. I mean, I love John Collins; he's great. Um, it brings a lot of what you want to the floor. If it's super athletic and shoot three really well. Space the floor, play you know defense. Problem is, if you trade for John Collins, you're probably at some point going to have to say bye to Marcus Smart. And mm-hmm. nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to make that trade off. They want to have their cake eat it too. And that TPE is the last you know, thing you can grasp onto to try and hold this court together as best you can. I mean, we had Sean Devaney on something's feet on two weeks and nobody was going to take, nobody was oh, going to take no. Kemba Walker in any sort of trade at all. So, you know, unless Kemba, again, if Kemba turns it around, then all of a sudden, who gives a shit, right? We're here right. And, and they have three 20-point scores. But the, 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 the odds of that, feel a little less likely and they have to find a way to upgrade this team in some capacity. And the unfortunate part is, you know, Danny has done such a good job, um, you know, t- in terms of trying to keep, you know, low contracts and high contracts. They don't have any of those mid contracts to trade. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, Tristan, a- arguably Tristan Thompson is their closest he and smart. I think make a uh, nine and 12 respectively. Those are your movable pieces, but. Marcus Smart gets hurt more than I care to admit, and Tristan Thompson isn't that uh, interesting yet. I think this, um, this is a good segue to a little game we're gonna close with, um, and we're gonna do it relatively quickly. So rather than daydream about adding to the top of the roster, we're gonna try to chip away almost like survivor style at problem pieces and try to get to, we have listed the seven things that we would keep about this Celtics team. Um, So we'll go around the horn around the dial and you'll get to cut just into the abyss. It's not your money to spend. So don't even worry about it. They're just not a problem in the Celtics orbit. Good luck. See you later. Thanks for the memes. Um, And we'll go around the horn until we get down to seven players. Um, You are allowed to cut a coach, uh, but that cut's going to cost you a turn um, and you can't win the cash and prizes that we have on the table. Um, And if you want to cut the front office, presumably Danny Ainge, I guess you can you can cut uh, Zaren if you want. Uh, yeah, that's going to cost you two turns. So, uh, if you're going to do a non-player, though, you're invited and required to offer a replacement and why. So, uh, I know that that's a confusing game that's never been played and will never be played since, but let's shave sure. the Celtics down to size. Uh, Evan, you have the first uh, pick. Who would you cast away from the Celtics team trying to Pair it down to the seven most valuable players or assets.
1: Jeff Teague.
0: Okay. See you later, Jeff Teague. Nice message. No
1: explanation necessary.
0: Thanks for playing. Uh, I'm going counterclockwise. Alex.
2: You know, I railed against Brad Stevens for a lot of this podcast, but I, I just, I can't cut him just yet. I, we'll see how he does the rest of the season. So I'm going to part with Kemba Walker.
0: Oh shit! Okay. Hey, <laughs> I, going hard. <laughs> he is—he um,
2: is a dude who is not playing up to the level of his max contract, and that is the reason why.
3: Cool. Says, thanks. <laughs> uh, Dr. Quinn. In this case, I think I'm going. You know, he's done better, but Carson, you're just not good enough for a team of title aspirations. Good luck on your next squad.
0: Uh, I'm gonna do something, but out of love. Um. When, uh, oh, my God, I can't remember. When we traded um, Rondo the Mavs, who went with him? Norman we... Powell. No, yeah. yeah, thank you. I was thinking, man, Norman Powell's is balling out. I would love to see Taco Fall play for a crappy team and actually get burned. So, Taco Fall, I'm going to release you into the abyss, and hopefully you get some minutes. So, Taco Fall, you've been relieved of your Celtics duties. Evan, you're on the clock.
1: Can we just get rid of Trey Water? Can we just do the Trey Waters thing too? And just I'll have another pick. Yeah, I- we can
0: all agree on the sure. Waters thing. <laughs> I didn't I like- I remember he was on the team, so sure.
1: <laughs> Tremont's cool, but sorry, bro, you got to go. Um, now it gets interesting. Um, Cause we get down to seven.
0: Yeah.
3: Players. Grant's got to go. Grant
0: Williams. Bye bye, Grant.
1: Breaking there. my heart.
3: More time I for
0: I'm so intru- uh, okay, yeah. We're we're doing it. We're doing a lightning round, so no follow up questions. Alex. Oh man,
2: I like a lot of these guys. You know, Tristan Thompson is a nice guy, and I wish him success. And I actually really liked Tristan Thompson as a signing in the off season. It's a shame that it hasn't worked out as well. I thought it would, but Robert Williams is the center of the future, and Tristan Thompson is a movable trade piece. So, see you, Tristan.
0: All right, see so you
3: later. Uh, Doctor Quinn. Well, we all know that uh, Javante is a good buddy of Jason Tatum. I don't want to piss him
0: off, so unfortunately, that means Semi. Nice knowing you. Semi's gone. Okay, I have the last pick, and that will take us down to seven. Um, right now, as it stands, it's Brown, Tatum, Tice, Smart, uh, Rob Williams, Pritchard, Nesmith, and Green. I guess the obvious pick is. Oh, wait. You
1: got rid of Javante.
0: No, uh, Langford. I mean, Langford is still you out there. Langford on here, yeah. So, how's this? I'll cut someone and then we'll have to do one last team cut. Um, but I'm not going to cut Net- Langford or uh, Nesmith. I'm going to cut Pritchard because Whoa! Hey. Whoa. Hold on. <laughs> he is good enough to play for a crappy Celtics team he's not good enough to play for a good Celtics team so fast PP see you later get out of here man wow. that's an aggressive cut Cameron his shoes, are- his shoes are ugly Oregon colors are trash <laughs> All right, we have to cut one more player to get down to size I assume it's between Langford and Nesmith uh, unless uh-huh. someone has a-, a wild card out there I think
2: we should defer to Evan for this last Yeah, quarter. Evan,
0: you're the guest. You get the last cut.
1: Smith but I'm just mad that we cut Pritchard because I wouldn't have cut him. you yeah. got to have two guards on the team, and if we've already cut Kemba Walker, you're going to have Marcus Smart play all the guard minutes.
0: Yeah, but it would look good, wouldn't it? Uh, that's a good point. All right, we ruined the Celtics. See what we do next week. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we should um, be nicer to Danny. I don't know. <laughs> Evan is the host of multiple CLNS podcasts, including Celtics Beat. Uh, he's out there on the Celtics Twitterverse. Who isn't? Uh, Evan, we thank you for stopping by. Anything you want to plug? Uh,
1: no, you guys hit it. Something's beat. Uh, follow uh, Jeff Goodman's uh, Goodman and Robbie Hummel podcast as well. I produced that. The Field of 68 Network with Rob Doster. Um, and then just check me out on Twitter. It's just at my namesake, at Evan Valenti. And I'm always firing off medium warm takes because that's really probably where the water is most level. So.
0: The best currency out there. Yeah. Join us next week when we figure out what Top Shot is and how to make millions of dollars off of that. Uh, on the behalf of Justin and Alex, I'm going to close. we got to run. Uh, you can find us wherever you found this podcast. Please like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. Follow us on Celtics Wire and on Twitter at Celtics Lab. I'm Cameron Tubbs-Bite, and we will catch you next time. Can we, can we retroactively cut Cam instead of Peyton Richard?
1: Uh, that was a huge mistake.
3: I don't know, he's got a good jump shot.